Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, David Day here. I just wanted to uh, to throw a little bit of a uh, a wrench into this week's episode because we actually recorded this episode about two years ago. This has been sitting around in the vaults for a long time, and so it's time for it to see the light of day because Bryce and I need to a vacation. So uh, his name is Day. <laughs> okay. So that's why you're hearing this episode. So bear with us and uh, and we'll be back with a new episode next week instead of one of these dusty old ones. So a lot of the uh, a lot of the drops are going to be a callback from the days of your also a lot of the um, there's we're not going to have the theme music that uh, that we normally would. So you're going to get a little 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 taste of that old school horror movie talk. So, without further ado, here is Pieces. This episode of Horror Movie Talk is brought to you by Iron Curtain Condoms, surplus condoms from the USSR. Tired of condoms that don't inspire confidence? So thin you aren't even sure if they're working? Iron Curtain Condoms uses only the strongest hard plastics that are forged by the people for your wiener. For sale in convenient Karl Marx 3-packs or the value saver size Soviet Blocks of 100. Visit ironcurtaincondoms.com and enter the promo code BOLSHEVIK today and receive the same deal everyone else gets all the time. Iron Curtain Condoms. Protect your dick like we protect the motherland. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a being of transcendent light. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrorball. I'm David Day. I'm Bryce Hansen. Today we are reviewing a fun little ditty from 1982 called Pieces. Uh, We will start out by giving you guys a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being horrible, 5 being totally average, and 10 being a fantastic movie that transcends the genre of horror and is just good overall all the time for everything, probably Academy Award, you know. So you know how you know how one to ten works. Later, we will be playing the Rotten Tomatoes game and taking a look at what's available on Shutter right now. But first, we're going to give a few plugs to ourselves. Uh, we're going to do 
check uh i should say check us out at horrormovietalk.com that's our website all reviews go up with a nice written review and we do have a blog that's doing pretty well written by keith harris who's cranking out some his last one was halloween three season of the witch were the fans wrong about the halloween that doesn't include mike myers so check uh, check out our website. We also post on social media. We're most active on Facebook and Twitter. We post new episodes every Wednesday. So go ahead and subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. We joined the Amazon Associates program, which means you can really easily support our podcast by clicking through uh, our Amazon link, which is at the top of our header on our website. It's a green button. It says buy on Amazon. And if you just click through that link anytime you're going to buy anything on Amazon, you can help support the show with a little bit, a couple cents here and there. Just throw us a couple, just a couple pennies. That's all we want. <laughs> so, please, sir. So please, sir. <laughs> just, just a sixpence. Also, you can you can help support the show by joining Shudder using our promo code HMT at checkout. Shudder, S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com is a streaming platform for horror, horror shows, horror movies. And later in this episode, we'll go over kind of my picks uh, for this week and uh, take a look at what's available on there so that you guys feel, you know, better about joining the Shudder family. They, I gotta say, it's they got a pretty good selection. Yeah, so this movie was on Shutter. <laughs> yeah, maybe not the best selection on Shutter, but it's <laughs> no, a, it's good. I mean, as far as a curated list, it's yeah. pretty great for horror fans, and they've got original content, tons of original, other content. podcasts and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, so HMT at checkout to receive a free thirty day trial instead of a seven day trial of Shutter, a uh, subscription Shutter to Shutter. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, and let's get into the show. So, as I was saying before, today we watched, uh, or last night we watched Pieces on Shudder, and it was fun, if extremely dated, uh, slasher from 1982. It's got intensely awkward scenes, lots of gratuitous nudity, and is the ultimate form of copycat slasher bullshit. <laughs> so if you, uh, if you, if any of that sounds fun to you, check it out on Shudder. Here is the trailer. Warning. What you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described, cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. Pieces. Absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. I was previewing the blog or the episode post on our site. Yeah. Because you have, have it already written up. And Aaron was looking over my shoulder at the poster. And the tagline is, it's exactly what you expect it is. <laughs> and she just laughed. It's not she, It's not wrong. <laughs> I love it, though. In that trailer, even the mixed message of, you'll never expect, you'll never be prepared for what you'll see. It's exactly what you expect it is. 
That's true. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're kind of sending me mixed messages here, you spooky, talky guy. Yeah. 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 Pieces. I okay. So there's a. I didn't pick pieces. I I picked pieces out of a hat, kind of, because oh, really? I wanted like I had so much fun with. So this is being pre-recorded. So we just got we just released. One of my favorite episodes of, of Horror Movie Talk ever, which is Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, that was a great one. And it was so much fun to do God that episode. damn, look at those hot children. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it was so much fun to do that episode and to listen to that episode. Like, in my opinion, Sleepaway Camp is our best episode to date yeah. as, as, we're, as we're recording this. Yeah, it felt, it felt very fun. It did. And so I wanted to recapture some of that. So I was like, I was just feverishly Googling, like, what is another 80s slasher that feels hokey and corny and fun? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I came up with pieces. And as luck would have it, it was available on <laughs> Shutter. So I was like, bingo, we're doing pieces. I'd done the same year as... Uh, no, as Sleepaway Camp was... 83. Oh, my apologies. This was the year uh, uh, before. Yeah. So I wanted to recapture Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, neither one of us are like um, librarians of horror. No. You know, we haven't seen every single classic slasher or B-movie. Yeah. And so when we when we come across suggestions or, or hear a certain you know, movie mentioned a couple times. We'll catalog it away. But when we watch it, we get to be pleasantly surprised because we've never watched it before. Right. Because it's not like you see Sleepaway Camp on cable. Right. Never. And it's a treasure that's hidden. Yeah, and and, and horror fans are the only ones really seeking it out. Right. Um and it's not classic to anyone else. Yeah, you know, that's that brings up an interesting point, which is, how many forgotten movies are there out there? I mean, and, yeah. And how, many of, and how many of them get picked up, like, what genre gets picked up and dusted off the most? And I feel like horror is probably at least the near the top of the pile for that list. Right. No one's going back and picking up a bunch of old dramas that were just kind of like halfway, halfway decent. Right, yeah. Like, you. <laughs> Kevin, my my friend, he always references just to me completely obscure movies, but we've seen them. There, there, there's movies that you watch on cable or you're you're on Netflix and you go, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that has some actors in it that I like. Oh and, yeah, and then I bet I like this movie, and you start watching it, and you start having deja vu, and you realize I watched this 15 years ago. Yeah. Critters. I I don't remember anything about it, but I slightly understand from my slight recognition that I've watched this before. Yeah, and it's always for me. It's always horror. Yeah, usually I I think I think because those were all the always the things that stood out. That you know, I mean, if I ran across a a drama. I would never watch it. If I ran across an action movie, it'd be like, yeah, maybe half the time. Yeah. But horror was always so titillating to me that it was like, oh, okay, yeah, well, what's this about? So, yeah. yeah, it's it's like, oh, Critters has people that I recognize in it. Oh, Friday the 13th has, uh, or um, 
Nightmare on Elm Street has Johnny Depp in it. Yeah. So, I mean, the, these these movies, especially the not top-tier horror movies that are old. I mean, we, we still... I haven't seen a lot of, you know, super, super popular horror movies from the 80s in terms of... I mean, yeah. I don't think I've sat through all of American Werewolf in London. You know, stuff like that where... A lot of people have seen it, and that stuff is on cable, and I still haven't sat right. through it. But yeah, no. when you get to Sleepaway Camp or Silent Night, Deadly Night, you just oh, get to be baby. pleasantly surprised. Oh, You're like, okay, this is <laughs> this is great. This, this is, is a unique yeah. you know, snapshot. Yeah, and it's an accident. Like, we were talking about this before the show. The reason Sleepaway Camp and Pieces are, and this movie that we're reviewing today, Pieces, the reason they're fun and campy and funny is because it wasn't intentional it was it was an accident that happened right that where enough weird shit came together in the right order and it wasn't meant to be funny and it wasn't meant to be fun necessarily it just ended up being just ridiculous enough to to sit in that weird shelf that says cult classics and and i get it it's just it's just it's such a if you're trying to aim for that shelf, it's very hard to get there unless you're like trauma, you know, unless you're, that's your niche. Right. Anyway, so, uh, pieces is, is a slasher that starts out with a young boy putting a smutty puzzle together. His mom walks in on him fiddling around with this puddle puzzle and maybe something else and does what any good mom would do. She flips the fuck out. <laughs> the boy leaves the room in a fit of anger and comes back within about 10 seconds wielding wielding an axe that he uses to murder the shit out of his mom. This supposedly happens in the 1940s, which is weird because I don't know for sure, Bryce, but I imagine it was remarkably hard to get your hands <laughs> on a smut puzzle from the 1980s when you lived in the 1940s. <laughs> you know? It just seems like it just seems like something that wouldn't be available to a ten year old kid, a smutty puzzle with a pinup girl on it, like not like a like a girl with a perm. Uh huh. In the nineteen forties, I just don't think you'd get that. Yeah, that'd probably be contraband, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. So you would expect like the girl to be straddling like an, a bomb or something. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. Or have like a sailor hat on. Uh, oh. Wow, that was juicy. So, so we fast forward. Like, just kind of. This is a brief overview of pieces. We fast forward in time forty years to a university that is having, you know, just a few issues with a grisly series of chainsaw murders. The movie transforms into oh, and on that note, on the chainsaw murders note, this that's another tagline for this movie that was used quite heavily, which is you don't need to go to Texas for a murder for a chainsaw murder. That's a yeah, you don't need to go to Texas for a chainsaw murder massacre massacre. Yeah, so this movie really is sh shameless about pulling from things that have worked in other slasher movies mm -hmm. to try to hit some and not quite understanding why they work they have no idea movies. they have no idea so much weird shit just gets thrown i mean there's a piece of this movie that inexplicably contains lots of very fast kung fu 
Yeah, this movie has, there's, uh, it's kind of a meme in just terrible movie scenes, is that is that uh, scene with the kung fu professor or whatever. Okay, so wrong. <laughs> Must be some bad chop suey. <laughs> you know what, that's exactly what this is. This movie is in, is a person who doesn't understand memes trying to use memes. That's it, it, the same effect is achieved, right? And in particular, when it comes to jump scares or subverting expectations, you know, they have just... no idea what's happening. They don't have any idea what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> to where it's not like the the reaction that they're going for is like surprise, like oh, to oh, yeah. That's the that's the reaction they're trying to go to. Except what they get is, what? Just a kind of an angry stare. It's just like, you go, oh, what? What the heck were they? Why'd they do that? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot of falling on their face. It's it's the movie uh, just kind of like, what's that? Self-flatula- self-flatulation? It's not flatulation. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you fart on yourself. <laughs> You put your heel underneath your ass. Flagellation. Oh, flagellation. Okay, yeah, yeah that's something else. It's it's a movie that you watch to see the movie self-flagellate itself. You know, just kind of just beat itself up because it's bad at doing everything. It's it's just it just does everything. It tries to do everything right, but it just falls on its face over and over again. Yeah. So uh, we fast forward in time forty years to university that is having some issues with a grisly series of chainsaw murders. The movie transforms into kind of a whodunit with plenty of potential suspects that could be the shadowy killer who seemingly only targets attractive naked co-eds. And uh, as I was kind of saying before, Pieces wants to be a fun, funny cult slasher, and to some extent it is, but it tried so hard to cash in on the early slasher craze that it actually ends up being a fun, funny cult slasher because of how hard it falls on its face. <laughs> it It is good because it's bad. It's funny because it's not. Gratuitousness and irony, bad irony, are what rules the day in pieces. And I had a pretty fun time watching it. Uh, what was your impression of... What did you come away from pieces with? It wasn't the most enjoyable film. <laughs> no. There, I think with, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe the difference between becoming an actual cult classic and having that extra added charm is is the filmmakers have to be making a good faith effort to be making art yeah and when you watch this it's not i mean you could still classify this as a cult movie i'm i'm sure people do and get lots of enjoyment out of it but to me when i see it and it's definitely like cynically exploitative yeah (laughs) it's it just takes away the charm and it's not as fun i i'm not the kind of person that's like watching a slasher for a slasher and people love slashers just because hey you get to watch people getting slashed yeah look if that's you you'll love this movie yeah this is no question right up your alley if if all you like is to see people get gratuitously murdered 
Right. I also think about Puppet Master to where it's also we reviewed Puppet Master The Littlest Reich and there was lots of really really gratuitous silly silly scenes. Yeah. to where it was tasteless but also in the background as the foundation they're at least trying to have some kind of color to the backstory of these puppets and 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 all this stuff and I think you it may be giving I think you may be giving Puppet Master a little bit of credit where it isn't necessarily due. I think I think my, in my opinion Puppet Master Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Really hits the nail on the head as far as just being like, we're going for as offensive as possible. Right. But also, they're, I guess they're trying as a movie to, to make like, to kind of make a movie. Right. To, to have some kind of <laughs> storyline. And this one, I'm not sure that they're even really trying to make a movie. It's like it, we're trying to string together I was right there. these scenes, I these was, murders. I was right there with pieces for the first 30 minutes of this thing. And then it really slowly unraveled in a very boring, shitty way. There was a lot of... Anyway, so... <laughs> that That being said, like... This movie can be enjoyable. Oh yeah, but not to sit down alone and <laughs> at midnight and watch it yourself. You know, not the most enjoyable. But if you're sitting with a group of friends and having some beers and making fun of a movie, this yeah. this provides plenty of opportunities for entertainment. Yes, this is a movie. A a mo- if you are good at doing the Mystery Science Theater three thousand thing. Then you can impress some fucking people with what, when you sit down and watch pieces with them because there are plenty of spots for you to poke big big fun at this movie and it's it's the movie is so ridiculous that it makes it makes it fun to watch. So my score for this has been revised a little bit. I'm going down <laughs> with it. I'm going three out of ten. Yeah, I'm also three out of ten. I think I think three out of ten is my sweet spot for. It's very bad, but. You can have fun making fun of it. Yeah, I ha- I'm there, having. A there hard... are some ridiculous moments in it, though, to where you can look at it and be like, "I got, I laughed so hard about how badly that was done, right?" That I enjoyed it, as opposed to a two or a one where it's just, it's not even enjoyable on any level. Yeah, like you've sat through it and you regret it. Yeah. One hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, so a, a pretty pretty solid three out of ten uh, from us on this one. It was fun. 
It was funny, but it wasn't great. Hey guys, Valentine's Day is upon us. Happy so, Valentine's! <laughs> so make sure you're ready for whenever or wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped.com, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything <laughs> on that special day. Sexual intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about sexual <laughs> intercourse. Uh, if your girl can't think of what to get you this year, then you tell her to get you the gift that's for you and her. And that's basically the thing that helps you trim your bush up, your your cock and balls, gets the stick and berries all nice looking. So, And that would be the Perfect Package 3.0, of course, from Manscaped. It's full of the best products to keep you looking and smelling and feeling oh so sensual and sexual and it's just acceptable really <laughs> just getting you to that level that that where you're touchable right um so you know this comes with the uh the lawnmower which you need if you're going to enter our our one titty challenge uh which uh i should mention is uh is still going on right now it ends at the end of march this year and uh you just gotta you just gotta take a picture of your beautiful manscaped boob and uh, with a with your your lawnmower 3.0 in the picture, post it to our Facebook group, and uh, and you will be oh, and you have to throw on the tag, on the hashtag, one titty HMT, and that'll enter you into the contest, and and you stand to win a Google Home Mini and a couple of you know horror movie talk stickers and a, a big note from us. So make sure to enter HMT at checkout at manscaped.com to get twenty percent off your order for that Valentine's Day sweet shit, and uh, and you know and free shipping and free shipping, and uh, and then you'll be you can enter yourself in the contest and maybe win a Google Home Mini and some stickers. Also supporting horror movie talk is nightchannels.com. This place sells all the best in the occult and horror movie themed t-shirts. They got all kinds of shit. You want a scanners t-shirt? Great. You want an aliens t-shirt? You got it. Do you want a uh, sallow t-shirt? They have that too. They have all of the craziest shit. And for really reasonable prices, these shirts are seem to retail around the $18 mark. And if you enter HMT at checkout, that gets you 13% off your order. Um, that will be going to support a local to us shirt manufacturer. And, uh, and they've been a sponsor of the show for over a month now. So we sure do want them to stick around. So make sure to browse their site. See what kind of shirts tickle your fancy and just throw a seven or eight or nine or 25 of those shirts in your cart. Enter HMT at checkout and then you'll be, uh, you know, you'll be spooking people out on the street. Uh, Bryce, do you, uh, have you have you gotten any of your uh, Night Channel shirts yet? Yeah, they're awesome. And I mean, I'm a big guy and they even got my size. So check them out. Yeah, they're the Glidden shirts or Gildan. I can't remember. I think they're Glidden. Anyway, anyway, so you guys check those out. HMT at checkout gets you 13% off at nightchannels.com. Also, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by heading over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash horrormovietalk. Uh, from there, you can get access to a whole other podcast that we do called The Afterpod. And you can even do cool stuff like vote on a movie 
one movie a month for us to review. So check that out. And that is uh, a great way to support the show. Most of our support comes from patrons. So um, and we try and stay really active in that community. You also get access to all of the unreleased episodes that that we have, which there's a decent amount of. And uh, you get early access to those episodes. So head on over there. If you'd like a Horror Movie Talk shirt or stickers without having to enter the one titty challenge, you can head on over to HorrorMovieTalk.com slash shop and purchase a shirt or stickers with all kinds of cool artwork by our professional artist who fucks so, so hard, Dustin Goebel. Uh, and you can support him by giving him a follow, tossing him a follow on the Insta over at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. That's at D-Goebel-0-0 on Instagram. And he, of course, takes commissions for artwork. So let him know HMT sent you. Thanks for supporting the show we can't do it without you we're small we're local to you no matter where you are even in malta we're local there too we have branches all over the world so thanks for supporting the show and let's get on to spoilers so with that we're going to transition into spoilers if you don't want uh if you don't want to learn too much about pieces then you know cut it now I mean, but it is exactly what you expect it to be. Oh, it's like the tagline says. Yeah, it is exactly what you expect it to be. You know, I was a little uh, self-conscious about our drops because some of the feedback I've gotten from listeners is, the the drops and the the transition music is way too loud. It's way louder than when you're speaking, and I have to turn down the volume. And then I listen to your mom's house, and <laughs> they they have the same problem too. Just like blasting your ears with audio clips, or maybe yeah, maybe you know, you know what? And when I listen to when I listen to our episodes, and when I listen to other drop heavy uh, epi- pods like Adam Carolla show or. Or your mom's house, or you know, any anything that contains a lot of drops, I, it's something that I'm so used to from radio. Like I, just like you, I used to listen to just talk radio all the time, and uh, and you know, shock jock. You know, I'd listen to Howard Stern and all that kind of crap, and uh, there was plenty of drops, and they were always loud. And I guess I just uh, that was something that I, I, I just expect it. I'm or maybe I'm I'm just dead to it. I don't, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, let's talk about the smut puzzle because this puzzle was on screen for I'd say a grand to- this mo- this movie was an hour and 25 minutes including the the credits at the end and at the start. Yeah, an hour 25 minutes running time, probably at least 30 to 40 minutes of tits. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, and at least 5 minutes of smut puzzle. Yeah. That's not an exaggeration. You get to see a person. You know what? You know the YouTube channel How To Basic? Yes. The the puzzle shots kind of reminded me of, of that. <laughs> yeah. With like a Yeah, there was a heavy breathing in the background. There was a, like a nervous hand in the foreground. Just slowly. In in the How To Basic videos where it pauses from the insanity and he's just lovingly stroking like a a doll <laughs> head or something like that. That's how this guy's this, you know, Faceless hand is putting together this smut puzzle from 1940. Yeah, there's a lot of um, terrifying tenderness 
going on. And uh, I can see how it might have worked in 1982. But let me tell you, watching someone, you know, okay, so imagine you're at your house and your mom's putting together a puzzle and you're watching her. (laughs) It's that entertaining, except now there's boobs on the puzzle. So it's a little bit awkward. There's a certain aspect of of uh, the filmmakers trying to utilize, you know, the the Mike Myers or Black Christmas heavy breathing yeah. element and first person pres- perspective, and it's just not interesting. <laughs> not like it's not good. Like uh, yeah, it, it's fun to see first person perspective when they're stalking and being super super creepy. Yeah, not when they're putting together their favorite puzzle right this movie really is a frankenstein it just it takes everything that it thinks worked about every movie Mm -hmm. and then it goes and then it kind of like pushes it in front of you and goes huh you you like it when i breathe heavy right no not really (laughs) no i liked it when he did it because he did it good you're just breathing heavy over a naked puzzle Mm -hmm. i don't like it this movie had a to, to be fair to it it had a pretty strong hook at the start that beginning sequence it had me it had me pretty good where the little boy was putting together this smutty puzzle his mom walks in on him and then he gets so irate that he runs in with an axe and murders her <laughs> the goofy factor was already off the charts and it felt a little bit to me it felt a little bit like silent night deadly night and i thought it's on this is going to be fun this is going to be funny and to be honest with you, when the police walked in and they find the body of his mom sands ahead, and then they open the closet, and his mom was in the closet, his mom's head was in the closet on a dresser, like disembodied, I was rolling on the floor because I'm pretty sure she blinked. <laughs> <laughs> like, they clearly just hollowed out a dresser, put, her, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a fake head, it was uh-huh. clearly her head, and she was like, what's up? <laughs> I just realized too, like how much of a ripoff this opening is of Halloween, the uh, original. Oh yeah, because it's a little kid. Every being single a piece of this movie is a ripoff of something. Yeah, it's a strong ripoff of something. You're absolutely right, though. It's a little kid, and he gets he yeah in Halloween he he murders his sister. Yeah, and then you know he's outside with the knife. That's very shocking. This is this is equally shocking. It's a good start. I thought the start was pretty good. Yeah. And it is representative of the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. it's The rest of the movie is as subtle as that opening <laughs> shot of a child axing his mother in the face. Yeah. Yeah. The stars of pieces are all B-movie and TV actors, with the only two actors of any real note being Linda Day George, who plays Mary Riggs, the hot undercover cop slash tennis player. <laughs> Slash pro tennis player. Why would... Okay, okay, now hang on. Let me. This is one of those movies to where I can't pay 100% attention just because I zone out at a certain amount of quality of just like, I can't really dedicate all my attention, even if I'm looking at it, even if there's nothing else happening and I'm looking at it and listening in it. At a certain point, I realize that I've zoned out and... I never followed why this 
it's too tennis hard. professional. It, it's too hard. Has somehow appeared in the police station, and she's an undercover cop now. There's so many elements of this that are just confusing and con- <laughs> confounding. Okay, so g- let me set this up for you a second. We're we're in. I think the police. I'm not even sure where we are when we meet Linda Day, and she's this, you know, stunner, a blonde uh, woman, beautiful and. The police lieutenant and Kendall, the the only two other like main characters in this movie, are there and they meet her, and Kendall's like, "Whoa, what what was her name in the movie? Mary Mary Riggs? Are you the Mary Riggs? Are you the pro tennis player? I really, you know, I keep up on that." And she's like, "Oh, well, I appreciate that," and then the lieutenant goes. Yeah, and we're making her an undercover agent. Okay, there's so much wrong with just what I what I just said. <laughs> this young lad who's just attending college immediately recognizes this person <laughs> and goes, "Are you, are you Mary Riggs or Mary? Yeah, Mary Riggs." And she's like, "Yeah, I'm the pro tennis player." And he's like, "I recognize you immediately." And then the cops like. We're making her an undercover agent. You know, the people you're definitely not supposed to recognize at all under any circumstances. <laughs> and then, as an undercover agent, she's gonna play pro tennis at the university where she's undercover at. It's the perfect cover. It's the perfect fucking cover none of this made sense to me at all i'm so glad to hear that you couldn't quite piece it together either i don't and then you know what i'll I'll be like man i really didn't get that and then i'll go and read a review of somebody at like bloody disgusting or something like that and they understood the whole thing but bryce when i go and read their review of the movie that perfectly explained i can't pay attention to that like (laughs) It's almost like it's almost like my brain is Teflon yeah. for the bullshit in these ridiculously fucked out movies. Yeah. That's the only way I can explain it. I can't even when I read it on paper, I'm like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's like someone was writing a screenplay and the opening uh element it's like um if you had software that helps you write a screenplay and the first thing you do is pick characters for your movie, and then it's just a wacky Mad Libs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that is... Blank name is a blank, but she recently became a blank. Like, all right, so let's see. Mary Riggs is a professional tennis player. All right. And now she's... Undercover cop. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm good enough. I'm, that's good enough for me. You guys want to go get lunch? Yeah, I guess good All right, yeah. So the other notable character, or uh, I should say actor in this movie, is Christopher George, who plays Lieutenant Bracken, who I swear to God. Yes, he does look a lot like Roger Moore. <laughs> I was, like, I was say, thinking that the same, the same thing. I'm watching this movie. I'm like, is that fucking Roger Moore? Like, I was certain it was Roger Moore. <laughs> I was like, is that James Bond in this horrible piece of shit? And then, no, it wasn't. Yeah. It was, it was, but man, if he doesn't look just like man, him. He's got really similar bone structure. Yeah. Yeah, he sure does. 
Okay, so for all intents and purposes, for the rest of this podcast, we're, we're going to be referring to Lieutenant Bracken as Roger Moore. Okay. <laughs> uh, there was also a, a, another just kind of a technical problem with this movie was it was horribly dubbed. 100% dubbed, too. The whole I don't think thing. there's anything, any audio that was from the actual live filming because it was so bad. It totally... Japanese film level, and there are several points where they're just not even saying not the words that the, the it, words that they're saying are is not, not don't match up. Yeah, the the scene where um the oh yeah with a full frontal dude full scene, frontal dudity <laughs> um he's like sleeping with some girl and she's like oh I want you to fuck me so bad and he's like no. No. no, I got to look out this window. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, there's <laughs> this looking at Bryce saying, telling me he wants me to fuck him so bad. I'm like, oh my god, getting... we may have oh. to turn off this podcast. <laughs> oh, we know. I'm not. I'm not your. Uh, I'm not your uh, target market. Uh, no, you're. God. Damn, look at those hot children. God damn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that scene where she's talking, there's definitely points where she's saying something like, ooh, but why not? And the words are like <laughs> flowing. Why can't you do this for me? Or something like that. It's like uh, not even closely yeah. connected. Yeah, it's it's very bad. And if you're a savvy filmmaker... You would change that audio, not while it's a close-up of their face, but yeah. when it's the shot of someone else's back of him or looking their out the reaction. Window. Yeah. yeah, of him looking out the window. You wouldn't have her, you wouldn't have the shot of her making dialogue that's totally not synced up with what you're, what yeah. you're dubbing over. So this, this brings up a little, something that made me think, so... Have so, well, you and I have some experience doing audio editing for this podcast, and I won't say it's the most difficult thing in the world, but it is time consuming. It is very time consuming, mm -hmm. and I can't even fathom how time consuming it would be when you're trying to get those words to match up to someone's mouth <laughs> on a screen. This must have taken so much work to. <laughs> to shoot a movie with sound and then shoot the whole movie's sound again and then overlay one track over the other. Well, I mean, that, I think you're giving them too much credit for I how really much effort, effort that they did. Well, I mean, when they're recording ADR, they're, the actor is watching the film. What's ADR? ADR is... Um, oh, what is ADR? Audio something, something. It's basically when you record the dialogue after the fact oh, okay or you re-record sound after the fact um so the actor's watching the screen of of the scene and then dubbing over themselves live so all you have to do is just take that track and sync it up um i got gotcha. to the scene or whatever and yeah if the audio editor was like putting it each syllable directly over the the mouth then yeah that'd be a lot of work but i don't think they did that i think they just still you're we're recording starting here and this is where the actor started recording and this is where yeah but stopped. you're still recording the movie twice yeah 
it's it seems exhausting and yeah. it's not worth it for this. Just go with the shitty audio. Although I don't know how bad the, how bad the audio originally was. The whodunit of aspect the whodunit aspect of pieces is only interesting enough for you to say, "Hey, they're trying to do some sort of clue ripoff thing." But you'd be wrong then because Clue uh, was released in 1985 <gasps> and this was released in 82. So mm. that, that'd be a silly thing of you to say. But the story is very heavy handed in its suggestion that the antagonist is Professor Arthur Brown, which yep. leads you to believe that it's probably Professor Arthur Brown throughout the whole movie. Yeah. I If there's the one thing that this movie did okay was... That I mean, from my lack of attention, it had a decent from some twist. Of it, yeah, I I did just default. Lock, yeah, default to be like, okay, well, it's that guy because he's acting weird, and he's not the the main guy acting weird. There's a couple red herrings of who oh, who it could be. There's some very obvious red hair. We'll get into the red herrings yeah. in just a moment. But Professor <laughs> Professor Brown is the okay. Professor Brown is the in charge of the anatomy department. And is always sneaking around where he shouldn't be. He's he's and he's like creepy. when he's he's on one of the scenes and he's oh yeah the, he touches the the chainsaw when the officers <laughs> tell him like no don't touch it you're gonna ruin the evidence you're contaminating and he's like, the evidence like oh okay and then you think like oh, okay because if he's the killer then he knows to touch it so that he can say oh I was there and I touched it yeah they, it wasn't they me wanted me to do that and then as he's walking away he. He like lovingly looks at this severed arm as <laughs> like from twenty paces away. He's like dream, just keeping eye contact. Dream, dream, dream. <laughs> <on> the <this> severed arm. <laughs> so you're just assuming, okay? So he's okay. I see what they're doing here. So obviously, at this point, we've set up the fact that it isn't actually Professor Brown, but he's the patsy. But this begs the question. Why was Professor Brown so in love with that arm? Why, <laughs> like, I mean, if he wasn't the killer, which suppose which he wasn't, uh, he didn't end up being. That guy has a lot of issues still, and yeah. the way they explain it away is brilliant because it's the most 1982 thing ever. He's gay. <laughs> the, the, I didn't even just, catch that. <laughs> they just go, yeah, he's gay. And then it's like, oh, well, that explains everything. I know why he's a creep now. It's like, it's like the most just, just a throwaway. It's like, it's, just find some, something that we consider to be perverse, and then we can move on. Anyway, the other red herring that was my favorite part of the whole movie was the groundskeeper. Oh my gosh, groundskeeper side eye. Oh, groundskeeper. <laughs> he was fabulous. He was a mountain of a man, just a an immense heaping hulk of a person. Yeah, if you're going to be casting a Popeye movie, he would definitely be Bluto. Uh, it, you wouldn't even you wouldn't need to do anything. He, this man dwarfed <laughs> everybody and he was so hammy. He like he just he, they were it was he definitely did not know how to act at all and they were like you're you're supposed to be a patsy. You're supposed to be a red herring in this. So give yourself some shifty eyes. <laughs> and then this dude, shifty eye is ten out of ten. This dude's eyes were the shiftiest eyes I've ever seen. They were shiftless. So 
yeah, one eye half closed, <laughs> the other like open, and always looking from the side. It was very Honestly. Dwayne the Rock Johnson of him. It was constant. He was always smelling what the Rock was cooking. Yeah, every second of the day, he was just. <laughs> and and there was w- one part. So when we first get, and there's never a point at which like y- y- you're told, oh wait, he's just a normal guy. No, you know, usually. You know, you go into his house and it's like, oh, look, he's got pictures of kittens. He's he's a good guy. Yeah. No, this is guy is just super creep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. When we're the first end. introduced to him, he, he's got a chainsaw and he lovingly strokes it. He's... <laughs> He's like, he's literally stroke. He's like running his hand, you know, okay, so take the back of your hand and like rub it along your cheek, right? Like uh, the way, the way someone, if someone loved you, that's what they might do, mm-hmm. but no one loves you. So they don't do that, yeah. but you can do it to yourself and you can still see what I'm saying. Exactly. You, and this dude does that action up, up and down the, the bar of this chainsaw, just like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Chainsaw. Yeah. We should put up a picture of Groundskeeper Side Eye. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. He was uh, he was pretty impressive. There were some great one-off lines in this movie. One of my very favorites came pretty early in the movie. Have you ever been... Female student number one says to another female student, Have you ever been laid on a waterbed? Female student two responds... The most beautiful thing in the world is smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed at the same time. I was like, yay! (laughs) That's ridiculous. (laughs) Remember (laughs) waterbeds? I do. Did you you know anybody who had a waterbed? I had a waterbed. What? Mine was, uh, it wasn't like a true, or it wasn't like a traditional waterbed it it, because in most waterbeds the middle stretches out and so right and then it creates like a mountain in the middle of it okay yeah um when you're not sleeping on it but they made these waterbeds where it was just these tubes mine mine was like tubes of water it wasn't just one giant reservoir and in the tubes there was foam and so it was felt much more like a like a gooey bed Oh. But but yeah, the water water bed got old pretty quick. Yeah, every time I laid on a wa- like the idea, the concept to my childlike yeah. mind was always top tier. Yeah. It was like, well, this is this is the ultimate the in human existence. Yeah. This is the best thing that's ever been created. Which is, you know, I I'm realize I'm kind of sad that my children don't live in a world with water beds. It is. It is. It's a strange world without waterbed. Like because they really represent a, a something that looks fabulous on paper and it just falls so flat on you know on on real life inspection. I mean, even when you jump in a waterbed and you like lay down, you're like, oh, this is really comfortable. Like, I remember. Really, you you thought waterbeds were comfortable? I thought it would be so fun to sleep in a waterbed, and it wasn't super uncomfortable this is this is the other this is the other problem which is that's exactly what you think you go how fun would it be to sleep on a waterbed and as it turns out no fun at all because you're asleep (laughs) (laughs) 
It's the most kid thought ever. You're like, how can I maximize my fun even when I'm asleep? Yeah. (laughs) And that math works when you're a kid. You wake up. Like, I just transitioned my daughter over to a quote-unquote big girl bed, which is, you know, just not a crib. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, in the car on the way home from daycare, I was like, are you fucking ready for big girl bed? And she was like, ah, I'm so, so excited. And, you know, I basically tricked her into enjoying her new bed, mm-hmm. which is what you, ha- you have to get excited about something boring. Anyway, waterbeds were featured prominently in this movie, uh, more so than any other movie I've ever seen. But by bar none, more waterbeds in this movie than any other movie I've ever seen. There was one waterbed in this movie. Yes. There were a few. There was lots, as we mentioned before, lots of nudity. At one point, there was just an inexplicable scene of just random people having sex outdoors on a college campus. Yeah. What? Why? Okay. Yeah. Like the groundskeeper just looked over some bushes and he's like, the shift in his eyes were shiftily looking. And then they... Just at the base of a tree in the middle of campus. Yeah, just... Dude has pants around his ankles and he's just plowing a girl. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck is happening? And then it doesn't address it. Like, it just keeps on going. It's like, whatever. There you go. People having sex in the middle of the day. At one point in this movie, a girl asks one of the league characters, who is not notable enough to name in this review, his name's Kendall, if he wants to go have sex in the school pool, he answers in the affirmative. Kendall's down to fuck in the pool. Then becomes sidelined by a plot point that's not important enough to mention in this. <laughs> As she waits for him in the pool, she is murdered, which is a good thing. Because let me just say, you should never have <laughs> sex in a pool. Here's a couple reasons why. This is turning into a PSA. Public service announcement. Not only is pool sex really gross for everyone else who has to use the pool after you, like, have a thought for your fellow human beings, it can also cause some nasty UTIs and other infections that can mess up your system for weeks. You're really pushing a lot of chemicals up into a place Ugh. they really shouldn't be. So don't... And know, really, water is not... A good lube. It is the worst lube. Yeah. So, just FYI, don't do that. This girl is extremely lucky that... (laughs) (laughs) This girl is extremely lucky that she was killed before having sex in the pool. Right. Because that would have been... That's gross. So... So this girl gets murdered by kind of a by a shadowy man with a pool skimmer and a chainsaw Mm -hmm. in, in, in the pool room. And then the police show up, and they, uh, (laughs) while looking at the blood-covered chainsaw next to the horribly mutilated body of this girl, to the anatomy professor, the police lieutenant says, hey, could this have been done with the chainsaw? (laughs) I don't want to take the time to take this body down to the corner. Can you just weigh in as as the anatomy professor? And, uh, and I... (laughs) And he's like, well, even to a layman, she was cut up with a chainsaw. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a chainsaw right here covered in blood, and she's chopped up. Case closed. Case closed. <laughs> well, good Good thing we heard it from the expert. Exactly. Yeah, and by the way, so I used to, like, for my job, I used to use a chainsaw a decent amount, like, on a daily basis. And uh, I work for the, for the Forest Service, 
and we did a lot of trail work and we did a lot of fire <laughs> fire stuff. I'm reading ahead to the list of deaths. Oh yeah. You like that? <laughs> yeah. Um so uh fairly well trained. Also my my family are arborists, so they all use chainsaws all the time. Fairly well trained in in using a chainsaw. Part of being employed by the federal government and having to use a chainsaw means having to go through a chainsaw safety course. And part of a chainsaw safety course means looking at horribly mutilated real-life accidents that have occurred with chainsaws. And let me tell you, a chainsaw wound looks worse than a gunshot, looks worse than a shotgun shot. It's it's just, it goes all, it, it's very horrific. And in this movie, it's portrayed as a knife. That just that so just mm-hmm. slices. It's like a it's like one of those turkey knives that <laughs> that has a motor in it, right? You know, it just finely cuts. And so they did that wrong. I mean, I'm just saying, if you're going for real life accuracy, you really want those chainsaw wounds to appear horrendous mm-hmm. because in real life they do. <laughs> yeah. So this kind of brings us to the deaths that are available in the movie pieces. They're ridiculous to the point of being hilarious. And some of the some of the ways that people die in in pieces are you want to go back and forth on this one? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Skateboarding skateboarding through a mirror. <laughs> There's a chainsaw in the pool room. Chainsaw in the garden. Chainsaw in the elevator. Waterbed stabbing. <laughs> that which w- is actually probably one of the better ones. <laughs> yeah. Cuz he stabs the girl and starts stabbing the waterbed. You know, missing her and hitting the waterbed. And then it's like All the big... budget in this movie went towards that scene. Yeah. It was like, we need a waterbed. And you know, we... that must have been the last scene of the movie, and here's why. <laughs> this director, I'm sure, is one shady motherfucker, because he had to convince, you know, like 20 women to appear topless for, you know, five-minute stretches. Yeah. I bet that guy was using that waterbed oh, you know as a casting couch I like back this. in the day and it was like all right and then at the end of the movie he's like all right we don't need this waterbed anymore let's kill one of them that's a brilliant point i like how <laughs> that t- was actually the just in the director's office i like that uh, wasn't the movie set i like that you've thought that out so mm-hmm. far like that but that's a really good point that there's a good chance oh uh, you know thinking thinking about it like waterbeds were such a big deal in the 80s. Yeah. Like, they were so fucking big. There's no way at least some some of the cast didn't lay, lay each other on that. <laughs> like, 100%. Right. That, right. that definitely happened. And, and that scene was... Like, it was clear that that was someone's baby because it was in slow motion. Like, it really... <laughs> like, everything was... Yeah. Very well but curated. But that, that was, like, a great visual of seeing the blood mixing with the water in the water bed and having her in a pool of it was yeah it was crazy blood that was probably one of the better ones anyways yeah Uh, moving on other deaths in pieces are an axe to the noggin uh death by pool skimmer and finally my favorite death by dick grab yeah (laughs) the final Final death. This movie does... Which is just another inexplicable thing. It was the weirdest fucking ending to any movie ever. Makes no sense. It was very Friday the 13th ending, right? So you know how Friday the 13th, most of them, a lot of them, have that like like two or three false endings where you're like, ah, and then it's like, no, not not the ending. Here's something even more stressful. 
This one tries to do that in the weirdest way imaginable, and we'll get there. I'll tell you how that happens, but it but it ends in a dick grab that right. kills a man to death. <laughs> uh, there's also lots of menial task footage that you have to sit through if you're going to commit to watching pieces. Shudder doesn't have a great way to fast forward. So, <laughs> like, it doesn't have the 30-second or 10-second jumps. So you will have to sit through the killer solving a smutty puzzle for five minutes. And then aerobic exercise. Jazzercise. Pretty heavy for mm-hmm. a good while. Also, the lowest energy tennis match that I've ever seen at the pro level. If I was if I was paying more attention, I'm sure that they only had five shots of those girls hitting the tennis ball uh. that they just reused over and over again. Uh. <laughs> It was it was like watching it was like watching ten year olds who've been playing tennis for two years play tennis against each other. And it was obvious that they weren't actually returning the the ball. It was just someone not to each other throwing yeah throwing the tennis ball at them. Yeah, throw it at my racket so that it strikes my racket appropriately. And then uh, yeah, finally, there's just a fuckload of boring chit chat in this movie. Yeah, the aerobic the jazzercise part was so. I mean, I grew up with uh, Jane Fonda. Yeah, you know. Yeah, those those tapes, and it was very much that like fetishizing. Yeah, that that whole thing. You're like, oh yeah, look at those hip bones. They're kind of sweaty. Oh, I bet one of them's gonna get murdered. I wonder what it smells like in that room. <laughs> I mean, I you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, another another ridiculous part of this movie is let's talk about that Asian <laughs> kung fu professor. <laughs> Yeah, that's the the biggest non sequitur moment, possibly in movie history. I don't know where she's she's walking. Mary Linda Day Riggs is yeah. walking along, you know, and you're you're expecting the killer to be around any moment, and they're stalking, and then all of a sudden, this little Asian guy comes out and starts like what? And then she like kicks him in the nuts, and he faints. Well, let's be let's be clear. He went. For for a good minute at her, like yeah. he was aggressively kung fuing at her for sixty seconds or so, and then she ne- kicks him in the nads. And then he, <laughs> someone else comes, and he gets up, and he's and the oh, it's a uh, Kendall. Kendall goes, oh, this is my kung fu professor, my kung fu professor, and kung fu professor says, I just came, and then I was on the floor. Must have been some bad chop suey. Ha <laughs> ha! So wrong. It was like, oh my god, what the fuck is Just, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like this movie asked the question, "What's popular right now?" And then they took every single piece of pop culture and waved it in front of the audience for three minutes. We've already talked about most of those. Uh, the ending of this movie reminded me of the house that Jack built ending. Oh yeah, uh, the lousy dean. Who is is present through the movie, but he's just kind of facilitating the. He's just facilitating the. Help me out here. I've lost a word. The investigation. The investigation. And uh, as it turns out, it's that lousy Dean. And he was the one who was doing it the whole time. And he was using the pieces. Of the victims that he was killing to piece together 
a replica of his mother who he murdered with an axe while mm. he was putting together a smutty puzzle mm-hmm. when he was 10 in the 1940s. Right. So I wonder if... Do, I you, wonder, see, do you see where you know how it rhymes? You know, he's putting together a puzzle. It's pieces. Piece by piece. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's puzzle pieces, and then he cuts off pieces of his victims, and, and he puts them together. Right. And it, it's just... And there's body it's parts rhymes. on it's, the pu- it's, pieces of the puzzle. It's like poetry. Pieces of body on pieces of the puzzle. Mm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I can't believe I watched this whole movie. I know. It was it was rough. Uh, it was also fun. And one of the false endings is... So here, here's a false ending. They, they learn it's the lousy dean. The lousy dean, I've, I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you kids... And then they take him away. They open up his closet in his office, and this corpse, uh, pieced together Frankenstein girl corpse uh, example of his mother, falls out of it. Mm-hmm. Dead, because it's pieced together. And then they're like, oh my gosh, there's all the missing pieces of the bodies that we've been finding. Okay, well, all is well. And then the corpse reaches up and grabs Kendall's dick and rips it, rips his dick. And the movie ends with him going, ouch, my dick. Yeah, it's like a Friday the 13th ending that makes less sense. Much less sense and is much less effective. If anything, the ending is the really the best part of this movie because it's so inexplicable and so weird. You know, maybe it's a commentary. Oh, you know, it's a meta commentary because you've watched, you know, the men that are watching this movie are looking at just the female body and objectifying it. And, you know, that the moral to the story is that, you know, the real evil is your penis. Maybe it's just a convenient segue to get the girl I'm watching the movie with to grab my dick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it's tasteless, it's horrible, it's hilarious. Uh, Pieces is available on Shudder as we record this, so enter HMT at checkout at Shudder.com and you get 30 days free trial to watch Pieces and say, what a, what a hilarious piece of shit that is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so final recommendations, like, this is a very specific recommendation. If you have a group of friends... And you want to watch a terrible horror movie to make fun of, you you can watch this one. Pieces is that terrible horror movie. Yeah, for sure. So, now we're going to transition into the Rotten Tomatoes game. I think we have a little clip to transition. Oh, yeah, we do. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Rotten. <laughs> rotten <laughs> yeah so this is attack of the rotten tomatoes this is a rotten tomatoes game where i pit two movies against each other and bryce has to guess which one of them has the higher rotten tomatoes score and normally we have a theme and this is by the way this is the tato meter meter score this isn't the audience score so we always have a theme usually and this week's theme is going to be the Coen, Bro- Coen Brothers movies. Ooh. So I'm pitting Coen Brothers movies against horror movies. 
and there's five five uh, rounds, and Bryce has to guess which one has the higher Rotten Tomato Tato Meter score. So, without further ado, I've tried to make this pretty diabolical. Okay. So, Coen Brothers movies. First one is Fargo versus Eraserhead. Have you ever seen Eraserhead? No. Oh man. You want an uncomfortable I, movie. I started watching it and I'm just like, I just don't I don't like this type of movie. It's David Lynch, right? Yeah, it's it's the most David Lynch. I just don't like I don't like avant garde stuff just for the sake of avant garde. I I don't think this no one is meant to like this movie. This movie is not a likable movie. Um I mean Fargo has to be higher than that. You think? Absolutely. This is David Lynch. Okay, well, you definitely definitely got that one right. It's not much, though. It's t- only 2% different. That's insane. Fargo, 93%. Eraserhead, 91%. Wow. Man, let me tell you, if, if you like uncomfortable shit, watch Eraserhead. That movie is the epitome of discomfort. Like, it does not get... It, from the grating sound to the horrific visuals... <laughs> Eraserhead, oh man, and the atmosphere, it's just scary. Anyway. Okay, number two. So Bryce got one for one. Number two, No Country for Old Men versus Rosemary's Baby. Ooh. Yeah, that one's tough, huh? Um, Share with us your what's going so, through your head. No Country for Old Men is... A fantastic movie, nominated for an Academy Award, but so was Rosemary's Baby. I think No Country won. Yeah. Did it? I believe so. It was Best up... picture? No, there's no way. It was up against Eastern that Promises. Would, that would mean there's justice in the world, and I can't believe that that would happen. No, this was, this was 2007. This was one of the ones that actually made perfect sense, because it was up against... The Eastern Promises, great movie. Uh-huh. You, you get to see Viggo Mortensen's dick. Uh, there will be blood. No country for old men. This was for best picture. No country for old men. And then that um, Kira Knightley one that I can't I can't recall. Uh, atonement. Atonement. Yeah. So any one of those made made sense to me. Um. Let's see. Like uh, the the game you have to play is the discounting factor about culture <laughs> of the time and the reviewers. And I think a movie predominantly featuring white men is just not going to get the goodwill that a culturally significant movie like Rosemary's Baby gets. But then again, it's a horror movie. I'm overthinking this. I'm going to say... It is the horror movie. Kind of. I'm going to say No Country for Old Men. Oh, you were so close to getting it right, man. You really... Yeah, no, Rosemary's Baby is certified fresh at 99%. 99? Wow. Yeah, that's one of those ones where people have been reviewing it since and really just boosted it up, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic movie, but... No Country came in at 93%. Yeah. 93, wow. Okay. All right. So one for two. The next, uh, next, next set. The next set is The Exorcist 
versus which is one of your all time favorites versus the Big Lebowski. Um, yeah, I'm trying to th- now. I'm trying to think like David because he knows it's my favorite, and so. Actually, both of these movies are my favorite. They're I mean, great. How movies. can you not love the Big Lebowski? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say The Exorcist is higher. And what's what's the thought behind that? Um, I think. Well, no, actually, because over time, I mean, everyone loves the Big Lebowski. I think at the time, it probably wasn't as well reviewed as The Exorcist. So the, uh, I think. Um. Exorcist was a cultural phenomenon, and I'm sure critics at the time recognized that. But I wouldn't be surprised if someone, some of them are like, well, this is beyond the pale, and this is terrible. This yeah. This is a bad movie. That's true. Uh, and The Big Lebowski, in terms of a movie, it's... Um, it, it's super... The, the story is, is kind of convoluted. It's a very, like wishy-washy, noir kind of thing. It's and super it would be, Cohen-y, would be which is... easy to easy to like misinterpret what they're trying to do with it um it's another movie about not much right but yeah i'll say exorcist you are correct yeah this the scores on both of these surprises surprise me a lot especially given they've both haven't had a lot of time to breathe for for reviews Uh (laughs) especially the exorcist the exorcist 85 percent. i would have expected 90s for sure yeah the big lebowski 82 percent like how can it be that low that's crazy easily easily the most lauded movie i'd say of our generation yeah like there's there's nothing that comes close to the big lebowski as far as just beloved movies right so that was that was interesting to me i would have thought both of those would be in the 90s yeah so the next uh set is my favorite coen brothers movie maybe I don't know. It's definitely one of my favorites. Burn After Reading versus the original Dario Argento Suspiria. Uh, Suspiria. You're saying Suspiria. You said it so fast. Yeah. Okay. Um, No, you're very wrong. Really? This is the biggest gap that we have. Yeah. Uh, Burn After Reading, fresh at 78%. Suspiria, only 64%. Wow. Great. I didn't think Burn After Reading was that well-reviewed. It wasn't as far as Coen Brother movies go. I, I feel like, yeah, that one was like on the downswing of Coen Brothers. I think it's one of the very best. I didn't like it. I love it. I love it because it's so ridiculous, and it and it points at its ridiculousness. It's like, what did we learn? I don't know. <laughs> nothing. Nothing, really. This is just another one of our movies about nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff happened. I love that. And then the so you're two, two out of two, two out of two, two, out, two out, of out of four. four. So the last tiebreaker, par- yeah, the last pairing, the tiebreaker is "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou," which I did not like. Uh, versus the Witch, two thousand fifteen, one of the best horror movies maybe ever made. Ooh. Oh man, oh brother, we're out though. It's so beloved though. I don't get that at all. Why do people love it so much? Is it George Clooney? And if so, why doesn't that transfer to Burn After Reading? 
he's it's also like a, a I mean it's one of the first like real well not the first real but I mean it's such a colorful movie in terms of the tone and the visuals of it yeah I think they it's one of the first movies that really really took advantage of the color correction like digital color correction after the fact to where it was super noticeable and yeah um, I think Big Fish probably did it more, but maybe not as good, and before. Hmm. Um, yeah, so... Oh, brother, we're out there versus the witch. Uh, I'm going to say... The witch. Good guess. Bryce comes out of this with three out of five. Oh, brother, we're out there has a 77%. And The Witch has a 91%. So pretty big spread yeah. there. Because The Witch is super impressive even just on its own. Even if it wasn't a horror film. If it was just a historical film, it was so well crafted. It was perfect. And so well researched. And then Oh Brother We're Out Though has been out for a while. And there will be plenty of people that will be like, eh, yeah. second viewing, it's like, it's not... Time will not be as kind and hasn't been as kind yeah. to Oh Brother Where Art Thou as it was and is to The Big Lebowski. And there's a reason for that. One's really, 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 really good, and the other one's kind of fluffy. Have you watched The Ballad of Buster Scruggs yet? Oh, man. That's what. That's why I, uh, that's why I did this. Because yeah. I watched The Ballad of Buster Scruggs last weekend, and I was just... I watched it twice. Yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Me too. A bunch of short stories... About the Old West and just weird, very Coen Brothers-y. Yeah. Just like, here's circumstances that happened. Lots we'll... of great characters, <sighs> character moments and stuff. And, and uh, just so dark. <laughs> it's like the darkest humor. Yes, it was It was very good. And what's his face? The the singer? Uh, Tom Waits. Tom, yeah, Tom Waits as the old gold miner. Yeah. Oh, my God. Really like, great. Like, all, about halfway through that, I was like, Holy shit, is that Tom Waits? I was like, God damn. Like, and I don't know why I didn't recognize it because they intro that that um short with him walking through and singing in his gravelly old uh, gravelly old voice. Yeah. He's such a such a good uh yeah, if you haven't if you haven't seen on Netflix, it's a Netflix exclusive, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. You gotta watch it. And that's probably one of my rare circumstances in which i actually liked uh james franco oh man that was such a oh that was a really fun that was ironically that was, the the lightest of all of them yeah that was a great i mean as far as all the shorts go mm-hmm. i think that was one of the most entertaining just that yeah character yeah i the situation i really like james franco anyway he does not i can see why he would bother people don't get me wrong like and he's so damn good looking bastard is he though he's really good looking in this one i'm i'm just not i don't get it he looks like a little rat-faced dude that somehow weaseled his way into he does look weaselly a little bit yeah, but that's kind of what's attractive every, about him. Every time I, I see him in a movie, I'm like, how how is he considered a good actor? Who's the go to? Who's your go to good looking guy? Go to good looking guy, um, like Chris Pine. 
or I don't even know who that is. Chris Hemsworth. Oh, Chris Hemsworth for sure. Chris, P- Chris Pine is the the guy. He's Captain Kirk in the new oh Star okay. Trek movies. Yeah, no, that's too hunky for me. It's Josh Brolin for sure. Are you kidding? Uh, he's making a face at me. I mean, I guess. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> Well, now I'm having an existential crisis. Am I thinking for me, or am I thinking as a woman? No, I'm thinking for me. <laughs> oh, okay. Women or men who aren't afraid to to uh, say that a dude is good looking, let us know who your go to looking good looking guy is. Because no, yeah, I mean definitely like yeah, Chris Hemsworth and, and Chris Pine still would be in both cases. I think every woman that looks at them would be like. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I think th- I think the same about Josh Brolin, though. I I really do. Josh, I think Brolin. it's a combination of. See, here's what Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pine have over Josh Brolin. Um, number one, they they've got the physique, and like Chris Hemsworth is. He plays a god, and no one asks any questions. Oh, yeah. That's like, oh, well, yeah, okay. I mean, look at him. Look, look, at, him. look at his body. Yeah. That's that's not human. Um, Got those Jesus abs. The other, the most important part is the eyes, though. Oh, those smolders. They just get, you get lost in their eyes. And that's where Josh Brolin comes in, man. Those smolder, no way, man. smoldering angry. You got those, like, bright, bright blue eyes <laughs> that seem unnatural. Josh Brolin doesn't have that. Josh Brolin's got those sunken, manly eyes. <laughs> I don't want to be reminded that, you know, he was in Goonies. Okay, I want to, I want to get lost in the pools. Calm of down. Chris Pine. Your wife and kids are waiting upstairs. Uh. So, and uh, finally, here's some great titles that are. Oh, good job, Bryce, on your win of the Rotten Tomatoes game. Mm-hmm. You got. Three out of five, which ain't half bad. What do I win? It's a little bit more than half bad. Uh, you win respect, I uh, guess. All right. Okay. Mm. So here's some great titles that are available on Shudder as we record this. Um, the The first one is, I believe it's a, a Shudder original. It's called Cold Skin. It was released last year, 2018. And the tag or the description for it is in this sweeping horror adventure, a young lighthouse keeper realizes <laughs> something else lurks on his island. And I've heard, I have not gotten to watch this yet, but I've heard rave reviews about it. Yeah. Um, the horror subreddit, Dreadit, has, has been talking about uh, cold skin for a couple weeks now. And so I'm, I'm told that. By, I'm told by the internet that you should definitely check that out, and the only place you can get it is Shudder. Also, the 1980 film, The Changeling. Have you ever seen The Changeling? No, I want to, though. I've heard a lot of things about it. Me, too. It's uh, The description for this one is, In this haunted house, essential, a composer moves to a secluded Victorian mansion inhabited by a paranormal entity, mm-hmm. which is the total hole-in-one for me. That's like, so this is like the predecessor to The Haunting of Hill House, mm. which, you know, I mean, it's not like there's, it's not like there's any shortage of movies in this kind of subgenre, haunted house subgenre, but it's... Definitely a weak spot for me. I love it. Hmm. Uh, another one that I started to watch last night uh, but uh, did not finish is Castle Freak. 
1995 movie, An American Family Inherits an Italian Castle, which houses a bloodthirsty monster in Stuart Gordon's 1995 creature feature, loosely based, of course, on an H.P. Lovecraft story. So this is about a a freak who's locked up in a castle where, uh, you know, he... he it's kind of a it's kind of the same the same concept as the changeling. He kind of haunts the haunts the castle. And finally, a bunch of Dario Argento Argento written and directed titles including these are here's a few of what's available uh by Dario Argento, the uh director of Su- the original Suspiria. Uh available on Shutter is Demons, Demons 2, Inferno, and Deep Red. I started watching Demons last night and it is appropriately weird and kind of off-putting and creepy and it was a lot of fun Hmm. for what i started and then i fell asleep so (laughs) so go ahead and check those out on shutter enter hmt at checkout get a free 30-day trial subscription of the service and you know if you if you want to like actually subscribe to shutter after that it's only like three dollars a month so go ahead and give them a try try it out and with that, that's the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to share this with a friend. Subscribe to us if you haven't. And, oh, Bryce has something he would like to say. I just wanted to share this in the episode somewhere. I probably should have done it at the beginning. But just for, for listeners that listen to our Sleepaway Camp yes. episode, I did a super cut of all of the mentions <laughs> Of a tragic boating accident. Tragic boating accident. Throughout the throughout the uh, episode. And I just wanted to play it for you. Oh. We, we got to find a place Oh, baby, do, do it. A tragic boating accident. It's a tragic boating accident. Yeah. <laughs> a tragic boating accident? That's certainly not the first time I've heard tragic boating accident. A tragic boating accident. <laughs> the tragic boating accident. After her tragic boating accident... And somebody behind the door whispers into his ear, it was a boating accident. And he goes, uh, it was a boking accident. After the tragic boating accident, a tragic boating accident. Yeah. Th- so, like, that was supposed to be eight, year- eight years after the tragic boating accident. Right. Eight years after the tragic boating accident? She was a mute because of the tragic boating accident. <laughs> because of the tragic boating accident... The survivor of the tragic boating accident. Holy shit. <laughs> so I think it was 15 times if, tragic boating accident you, was mentioned in that episode. If you haven't listened to our Sleepaway Camp episode, you have to. Because in my opinion, it's our best episode. Yeah. Because of the tragic boating accident. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that, remember, if you got to do any shopping on Amazon, you can help support the show by clicking through the link on the top of our site. It's a green button. Click that and then do your shopping and you'll help to support the show. Special thanks to Bryce and myself mm-hmm. for, you know, I think this is the six month mark. So thanks for sticking it out. And, Yay. and I look forward to the year and two year mark and three year mark and onward. Also... Oh, yeah. who knows when this is going to go out. But uh, recently we hit 2,000 downloads. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And way more people are listening to this podcast than I would have ever imagined. Yeah. And it's not like it's that impressive of an amount. It's growing. No, but it's growing pretty, you know, it's got an upward trend. Yeah. And I'm happy with it. So, so thank you guys for listening. And with that, that's, uh, that's our review of pieces. So have a good week. <laughs>